Yesterday, I finished reading Agatha Christie's Crooked House, which is a whodunit murder mystery by the master of genre, supposed master, I can't say for certain because this is the first Agatha Christie book that I have ever read, but I think just based on this book, she's incredible at it. But uh, just finished reading it. Not really big on murder mysteries. Haven't read many. Um, haven't really even watched many whodunits. I've seen Knives Out, which seems, even just based on the plot premise, heavily inspired by Crooked House because like, certain elements are one-to-one -one with Knives Out and Crooked House which is kind of interesting. So I've seen those out. I've watched the Sherlock BBC series, and that's about my entire history with the genre. So I don't have an extensive history with whodunits and murder mysteries and even crime novels. Also, I've read The Maltese Falcon recently, which I loved. So but that seems kind of different. It seems more crime than whodunit. Whodunit seems like this kind of genre where there's a bunch of people trying to figure out who committed the crime, as the name implies. So anyway, uh, I'm on vacation with Becky. We're at my parents in Montana, and I'm just looking for something fun to read, like a good vacation read. And I have this book by Agatha Christie, Crooked House, sitting on my Kindle. So I read it digitally, and I bought it years ago. I think it was on sale, and wanted to read some Agatha Christie. I think it must have been, I don't know how I came across it. Maybe it was just because it was on sale or maybe it came up as recommended. I'm not sure why I have it, but I have it. I've been sitting there and thought, okay, I'll read this. And it seemed pretty short. I think it's about 200 pages. And uh, yeah, I read through it in a few days. Just really, really enjoyed it. I'll give you the quick plot summary of the quick setup and try to minimize um, Spoilers. If you're interested in it and you don't want to know anything about it, which is how I went into it, is just go read it. I thought it was enjoyable. It's a quick read, so it's not like it's going to take you um, a ton of time to read. I think you get into it and it flies by. But I will give a quick set, the setup of the book. I won't give anything else away. The setup of the book is that the main character is Charles. He is in Cairo, Egypt, deployed there for the Second World War as some sort of officer. I forget which kind of officer, maybe like an intelligent officer, intelligence officer. And there he meets a young woman named Sophia who uh, they fall in love. She's to return home to England. He has more time to spend with the surface. And uh, in their parting meal or Parting dinner, they decide, he says, I would like to marry you, but go home, and when I'm finished, we'll come back and we'll get that underway, and she seems to agree. So they're not engaged, they're sort of like intended to be engaged. See how they fare over the time apart. They write letters to each other, um, all as well. Uh, you don't know much about Sophia at this point, other than she's presumably beautiful and Charles loves her. It's written in first person from Charles' perspective, I think Charles has a really strong voice in the book, and I think Christy does a really good job of writing him. 
like there was no point where I was like, this isn't who the character is, who's narrating it. And it didn't feel like it was Agatha Christie. I haven't read enough Agatha Christie necessarily to say this, but just from this first book, it didn't feel like it was Agatha Christie speaking through Charles. It just felt like Charles, which, um, which I like, and I think that's nice. Sometimes you can, especially with the first person, a novel written in the first person, you hear the author coming through, and there were some quotes and lines from characters that maybe felt like Agatha Christie making commentary on things. But again, it's tough to say because I don't really have read a lot of her, so I don't know these kind of themes and views of the world that come through in her work. But um, I like Charles as a narrator, and I think it's a good perspective into the whole story. So anyways, Charles goes back to England, meets up with Sophia. So they send telegrams to each other, right? The book is set in the 1940s. Maybe it's set in 1945 or 46. World War II has just ended. And when Charles meets up with Sophia again, she's under distress and says, my grandfather has just been murdered. Um, we can't get married and proceed with this until this whole situation is cleared up because she doesn't want to enter into this marriage with this looming over them both. So that's the death that spurs the whole story. Sophia's grandfather. His name is uh, Astrides? Astride Leonidas. <laughs> Astride Leonides? <laughs> I don't know. I kept saying it differently in my head, but his name is... Oh, Aristide. <laughs> Aristide Leonides. Which is a great name. I'm uh, probably saying it wrong, but uh, her grandfather, Aristide Leonides, is this Greek business mogul. He moved to England in his 20s, started these different businesses, and um, has built a massive amount of wealth for himself. And he's in his 80s at the time of his death. He has two sons and uh, three grandchildren. Some of his children have died, so you know those who are left are, are there. And they all live together in this house, this big estate called Three Gables. And um, the big question is, how did the grandfather die? And I won't reveal much about that whole um, the cause of death or who did it, of course, because that's what's fun and enjoyable about the book. But the grandfather, Aristide, he looms over the entire book, and um, his presence is felt heavily. Like even though he's not a live character in the book, it's so centered around him and his business dealings, and uh, he's described as crooked but not a crook. So he would always work within the law, but find the ways to subvert it and areas that were maybe gray and exploit it to make money. And his big thing is that he's built this successful catering company, among other enterprises. And his oldest son runs that business. And um, yeah, so... Sophia's grandfather, Aristide, dies. He's this business mogul, uh, Greek business mogul, so he's not from England. He doesn't have this sense of legacy and uh, historical royalty, but he's very wealthy and successful, has this family. They all live in the house together. He has a young wife uh, in her 20s that married him, and so she's 
immediately a suspect. Um, and Charles, the narrator, sort of becomes embedded in the situation not only because of Sophia and their love and budding relationship or like hopeful marriage, but also his father works at Scotland Yard. I think it's one of the inspectors or he's like higher up in Scotland Yard. So Charles and his father sort of talked about it and alongside one of the detectives, I want to say, or police officers, his name's Taverner. He might have other letters in his name, I can't remember. But in my head, I was calling him Taverner. And he is uh, the officer who's on the case. And because Charles is family in Scotland Yard and is trusted, they sort of task him and embed him within family and at Three Gables to try to learn more information, observe everyone, try to get the truth to come out. Which I bought. Like, sometimes I'm like, I don't know, would they just let this guy kind of roam around and be a part of it? But maybe they would. And I think it's pretty believable. Um, and like a good setup. So Charles is talking to everyone in the house, trying to figure out who done it. Um, the family is just full of characters. Sophia is kind of like um, calm and cool-headed and probably the most grounded of all the characters in it. Her mother is an actress and she's very dramatic. Her father is this uh, book-obsessed, kind of quiet man who doesn't really seem to engage in much. Uh, she has a younger brother and a younger sister who um, are homeschooled. Uh, and they're both have their quirks and uniqueness. The uh, aunt and uncle of Sophia live there and they sort of want nothing to do with all this and want to leave Three Gables and get away from it all. You have the, um, the homeschooler, the tutor of the kids who's there. You have uh, Aristide's young wife and uh, there's an aunt who's there. You've got the house uh, people, the, the people who are employed at the house, the cleaner, the maids, the servants, the nannies. So there's this whole mix of people, and Charles is trying to figure out who died. Um, so I think it's a great setup. I was immediately engaged and wanted to find out what happened. And then it just keeps going, and the story keeps unraveling, and there are twists and turns, as you would expect with this sort of thing. And even if the setting and the setup is familiar. I think at this point, Agatha Christie had written a dozen or more novels, at least was 20 years into her career. So she's sort of subverting and playing with things and is aware of the formulas or the, the tropes of it. And uh, so that makes it fun, even just kind of how those tropes of the whodunit have seeped into popular culture. Uh, even if I'm not super well read in that, it was really cool to see it subverted and see how that all plays out. Um, let's read some quotes that I really liked. So here's the taverner talking to Charles about what we need. So he says, if we're ever going to solve this case, we've got to get some inside dope. We've got to know all about the people in that house. We've got to know them from the inside, not the outside. You're the man who can get that for us. So that's how Charles gets sort of embedded in it. Um, Here's a really great description of one of the characters. I think Agatha Christie's writing is great, right? Not only does it move and it's compelling and interesting, you want to know what happens. I think she's a great writer, which 
Uh, I didn't know what to expect. You know, she's like legendary, but it's not until you read someone can you really like appreciate their style. And she's got this like no nonsense style, right? There's not a lot of um, kind of waxing poetic about ideas and thoughts. It's like moving forward and very economical. So here's a description of someone I liked. The straight nose, the flawless line of jaw, the fair hair touched with gray that swept back from a well-shaped forehead. <sighs> That's just like a great description of someone. You can picture it all and still fill in the blanks. And it's, it's so economical, all of that <clears throat> description. Just one sentence. It's all you need if you're going to describe the character. So I really like that. Here's a great, great line that I quoted, or that I highlighted. It's a great mistake ever to say anything when you need it. And then I think this is sort of like encapsulates the book. This was the original crooked little man who had built the crooked little house, and without him, the crooked little house had lost its meaning. Oh, here's a quote that I really liked. The things that are worthwhile are usually accomplished by someone with enthusiasm and drive and with natural vision, as opposed to having lots of resources or finances, those sorts of things, which I think in a lot of ways is, is true. Um, that really resonated with me. I think that captures it quite well. You got the setup, Charles is trying to figure out who killed Sophia's grandfather because she wants to, he wants to, and she wants to too, have it cleared, go into their marriage with a clean conscience, and um, you know, uh, not have that looming over them. Also, because the grandfather is fabulously wealthy, there's this sort of like financial aspect to all of it who gets the money, what's happening with the will, that sort of thing, uh, that plays into it. And then through the book, you get to know these characters who you can picture, uh, I could picture quite well, and uh, I think it's just like a fantastic read, a fun, moose quick, enjoyable read, uh, surprised by the writing. Not, not that I had any <laughs> expectations for it, but just... Yeah, just really surprised in a pleasant way about Agatha Christie's style and ability. And I think coming out of it, I would recommend it. Again, I don't have a lot to compare it to other than the kind of like what's seeped in the popular culture. But from here, I'd like to read more Christie and I'd like to go and read some Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and um, some crime novels. I'm kind of like interested in that right now. Uh, I was able to find, and then there were none, in the murder of Roger Ackroyd. So I'll read those next and um, see how those sit. It's so interesting to read someone who has such a huge bibliography. I think she's written over 40 novels, and they're all almost all crime novels or kind of like murder mysteries. So it makes me wonder, like, will I get tired of this, or will I just enjoy it and see, like, you have this sort of things you know to expect, and then what works within them and how it's changed and subverted and the characters within it um, and the premise and then how it propels forward are all really interesting within those confines. So uh, maybe I'll be interested and keep reading it more, but I definitely want to read more Christie. I'm going to read those soon. And uh, yeah, kind of fun. I, have you read Crooked House um, or any other like Agatha Christie books? Uh, if you have, 
let me know. I'd love to hear more about it because uh, she just seems like a real force in the genre and I enjoyed it. So uh, looking forward to reading more. That's my thoughts on Agatha Christie's Crooked House.